MidwestMixtapes.com. They can get you on DJ conference calls, blogs, and email blasts. MidwestMixtapes.com. They work with several magazines, college radio campaigns, and street teams in multiple cities. What's good? This is Kelby Cannon, publisher of Making It Magazine, here to let all my independent artists, producers, and DJs know about MakingItMag.com. Not only are we Atlanta's number one magazine for the urban music industry, but we're a national platform that provides real opportunities, real exposure, and real industry connections. Just while going to MakingItMag.com. Sign up for your membership and start submitting music to get booked on major shows, magazine features, radio interviews, sponsorships, and more great opportunities. That's makingitmag.com. Doing dope stuff for dope artists. Ten years strong. It's going down. Here's another exclusive interview on K100 Radio. You are not. You are tuned to K100 Radio, Hip Hop and R&B. K100, you bastard, you bastard. What's up, everybody? What's going on, K100 Radio? I am your host, Blizzard. Welcome, everybody, again to the show. What's good? Um, it's good to see everybody. Um, I know I've been uh, riding. It's been a very, very, very busy second half of uh, 2023 for me, so we haven't been doing uh, a lot of interviews. And, you know, when we do our interviews on K100 Radio, of course, we know we have our lane. We tend to kind of sort of stick to music, entertainers, things of that nature. But, however, however, today we've got a special direct line interview, and we get ready to talk to someone that's outside of our lane a little bit, but someone that I really want to have a conversation with because I'm into what she's into. Oh, oh yes, I am into it, and you probably should be too. Let me get my guest on the line. Uh, Delisa, Hello? 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 Hold on, let me make sure she's on the line, y'all. Hello, hello. Oh, there she is. What's up? Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So I want to go ahead and let you go ahead and officially introduce yourself to our listening audience, real please. Let everybody know who we're rocking with right now. Yes, this is Delisa Garrier. Um, I am a real estate developer based out of Nashville, Tennessee. All right. Let's welcome to the show. And so I know people that don't really watch my show right now, they're like, wait a minute. No, listen, real estate? <laughs> What's going on here? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, definitely yes. And the reason why, just off the top, I want to tell you, um, Delisa, that I'm interested in what you have to say and your story and your conversation for, for several reasons, but I just I just think the one thing that really matters to me in this platform, you are a yeah. very empowered black woman, and I'm interested in hearing your story. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're a black businesswoman, all right? Mm-hmm. I'll start yeah. there, but also the industry that you're in, real estate. Real estate is one of the one of the main ways people in this particular country tend to build, uh, you know, financial generational wealth. Um, a lot of people, yeah. the home will be their biggest investment in their lifetime for the most for the average yeah. person. No. Um, it's important. It's important because everyone's got to have somewhere to live. Rent, rent, and, and and home prices are crazy, but rent is completely crazy right now. Um, and there's a lot of people that can benefit from some of the information that you're probably going to get ready to pass on to my audience. So I say all that to say that while you may normally get used to us listening, listening to K1's radio, listen to us talk about music and stuff, this conversation 
is very important, and I want anybody that's listening right now, anybody that's watching on YouTube, watching on Instagram, Facebook, listening on K100 Radio, on the mobile app, listening to this on Spotify or wherever you may be catching this podcast, all right, or this show, I want you to pay attention because this sister has a lot going on and a lot of knowledge that I want uh, her to share with you guys, all right? So um, I'll start with the um, basic questions. How'd you get into real estate? Oh, man, it actually wasn't, it was an accident, I'll say. Um, I was biology pre-med, headed to medical school, and I met a man, um, which is now my husband, but he was, he was an entrepreneur. He had a car shop where he did window tint and wheels and tires, and he looked at me and he said, why would you go and be a doctor when you could own the hospital? And um, I never thought about <laughs> just entrepreneurship just as a as a as a way of life. Um, and so, homes were something that was just exciting to me. So our first uh, journey on purchasing our first home was so exciting that I ended up getting getting my real estate license, and I learned the market, and I learned what buyers wanted, um, and that. That led me to an opportunity when we were in a post-recession market, 2011, where people were in high interest rates, they were in trouble, and they needed help. They didn't know what to do to not lose their homes, and um, we were in a position to go help these families catch up their mortgage, renovate their house, sell them for a profit, and that fundraised for our real estate development company. So it was a it was a happy accident. Okay, <laughs> first of all. K100 Radio, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. I got to start. Yeah. Let me start back. Let's, let's, I, I, I want to try to cover it all, but, you know, we're going to have other parts of the conversation. But the thing that stuck out the most to me about what you just said, which was a lot, you yeah. were about to be a doctor. You were pre-med, and you met yeah. a guy who you eventually ended up marrying, which is great. All right? Shout out to all the married people. Yeah. And <laughs> he told you, just he told you, why would you want to be the doctor when you go on the hospital? And so I guess my first question is, like, you did you did you really want to be a doctor first? Like, 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 like if someone wants to do something like that, they feel like that's their calling. It, it, it's normally hard to, like, shake them. Like, we deal with music people, and it's hard yeah. to tell a music person, no, that's not what you want to be. Do something else. And, and most mm-hmm. of my artists are like, go F yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's, not, that's, not, that's what I want to do. Right? You know what I'm saying? So when you yeah. – when you yeah. When you decided to make that pivot, was it a hard decision? You know, I think that what's interesting is um, everybody talks about representation now. When mm-hmm. I was growing up, the only successful people that I had access to that I saw, whether it was on TV, whether it was, you know, in my family circle, were doctors and lawyers. And right. so the highest level that I knew to shoot for was to become a doctor. So right. I, I found an excitement in it, and it felt like something that I it felt like something that I was called to do. But it was because I didn't see anything else. Uh-huh. And so going down that journey and crossing paths with him opened up a world of working for myself that I had never even seen. I get it. I, I I got it now. I was just wondering about that because yeah. to me that was that was that was a fascinating part of it. It was like okay, she was about to be a doctor. Like most time you meet people and they get into real estate because okay they went they ain't had nothing going on. They was working at a factory or something. They was like listen I got to try something. I'm sick of coming to work. I'm sick of hitting this clock. But you don't. It's it's, it's just rare that you hear that 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 kind of a story where someone was like 
you know, pre-med. Like, that's, you've already worked, uh, at that point, you've already, like, worked a lot to even get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, yeah, you know, you kind of throwing away, not throwing it away, but kind of just changing lanes after you've done college, some already some college, if you already pre-med, you done college and, you know, all the yeah. goals. And stuff like that. So, did it, uh, yeah, that was just interesting to me. So, you guys met and you guys got into real estate. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like as every question I'm asking you just for the purposes of this interview, I, I, I really want your take as a woman first and then as a black person second, if you don't mind. You know what I'm saying? It's like sure. some, some of it, because it, it, it really does matter when we're having these kind of conversations. And I, I, we tend to keep it 100 over here. That's what we call ourselves K100, right? Yes. All right. Okay. So is real estate, do you think, hard to get in? When I say hard, is it, is, is it something that you feel like people who aren't necessarily pre-med, but, you know, not, you know, a level of intelligence, a level of, of maybe money that you may have to invest yourself to get yourself to that point, time, effort, is it is to you just, and then being a woman and being black and breaking your way into the industry, is it hard? Yes. Yeah, so the, the short answer to that is no, it is not hard, but it does require discipline. Mm-hmm. And that is something that you can't teach. You know, it requires sacrifice. It requires you asking yourself, do I go on this vacation or do I put this these money this money towards a down payment? Do you get what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that yes. that's if if it were if that were hard for somebody, then it would be hard. But if you could set aside the uh temporary satisfaction for the bigger picture, then it won't be hard. Okay. And it was also uh, a community a community aspect that you mentioned like you you kind of wanted to help people and and you you mentioned that there were people that who, who couldn't pay their bills or who, who were having trouble with their mortgages and it and and you kind of took at this from a more a community helping helping the community community development yeah. angle more than more than getting money angle is that kind of am i saying that correctly like more for you yeah so What's amazing is, you know, I, I have come to learn that anything um, anything that has the opportunity to grow huge, you know, mm-hmm. it has to start with a purpose. And it was our heart to help these families who were about to go into foreclosure that this mm-hmm. door opened for us to get into real estate in the way that we did. We, I don't – I never saw myself – getting in real estate development, my husband jokes that we plan to have 14 rental properties and go move to Carmel in California. That was our, that was our goal at the time. Right. And this opened the door um, because it was the heart to help these families get out of these bad situations. Right. So, so, so so you have all these different, and and I'm, I'm speaking from like a general, a general, audience like people who i talk to people who like i want to get into real estate they have this term called uh, quote-unquote flipping houses like you kind of sort of mentioned like you just wanted to get rental properties people are doing airbnbs and buying them and there's all these different ways that you can make money on real estate right and and and, that's right how do you how do you right now if you if you had to i know that i know the lane that you guys are in and and the purpose that you that you set out to do but Let's just say I was I came up to you and I said, listen, I want to get into real estate. What's the first lane or the first area of real estate that you would suggest to me? Not not if I didn't come to you and I said I want to I want to help people, I want to have a purpose, but I just wanted to get into the industry. What would be the simplest way for someone to break into the industry? Yes. So I'm going to answer two of your questions. Um, the first one, 
the the simplest way is to buy a home. It's mm-hmm. to buy a home. Um, buy a home, that's how we started with ourselves. We bought a home, and within a year, that property appreciated by almost $100,000. Mm-hmm. And we were able to sell it and, you know, take that 100000 and go buy more property. Um, mm-hmm. The The other question that I'm going to answer that ties into that first one is that you have to first learn about your market. And you can do that by um, just, you know, connecting with different um, brokers or agents to learn about market trends in different areas where you are, even if you want to invest in an area where you are not. You know, like if you look up the the hottest real estate markets across the United States, mm-hmm. you know, you'll, you'll find places like Nashville, you'll find places like Austin, um, you know, that are – that have big industry moving there, which is driving their real estate markets forward, even Mm -hmm. through situations like we're in now where rates are high. And so study the market and see what markets have trends upward, even through financial difficulties. And that is where you want to invest. Um, And usually buying a home is the easiest way to do it. So do that. Okay. So now, now is 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 real estate like you just said? The first thing that you had to do was to buy a home. You sold a home. You you had a, uh, the value of it was a hundred thousand dollars more than what you paid. So then, therefore, when you sell the home, you get that hundred thousand. Now, yeah. did you have to? Where, where, what about somewhere to live in the meantime? As you were taking that hundred thousand, did you have to go buy another home? And then you kept like some of that for the down payment, and you use it, and then you had to keep some of that to invest in the property. I'm just trying to give everybody like give us yeah. a step by yeah. step rendition of like how course. it works. Yeah, well, and um, so for us, you know, our first home, and this was way back then, you know, was 133,000, and we sold it for 200, a little over 200. We mm-hmm. bought our next home um, at 200,000, which a down payment for that is just, you know, 10% down or um, or so, and so we put the ten percent down. The rest of the money you're able to pocket and go invest in, in other things, and so that allowed us to start helping other families. It allowed us to, um, you know, then it, that that opened the door for us to buy raw raw dirt and design properties and pocket neighborhoods. So now we build pocket neighborhoods from thirty units up to um, four or five hundred. Right now we have a project that's five hundred and seventy-eight units. And so, uh, that's, that's how I go. You made an incredible. You made an incredible leap from because people are listening. Like, no, I'm just, I'm just like people are listening to you, right? And they're like, okay, yeah. they see the successful black woman, you know, okay, and she said, well, she bought a house, she sold a house, and she was able to take the money, and then she said, all of a sudden they've got like 330 unit neighborhoods and 500. Okay, there's the, the, the gap. Yeah. <laughs> so well, how long? Well, yeah. Let's keep it a little realistic. How long did you go? How long did it take you guys, you and your husband, to get from that house to building whole neighborhoods? Like, what's the timeline yeah. working with? Well, we've we've been in real estate um, for almost fourteen years now. So okay. we we started around twenty ten, and um, the the journey doesn't change, you know. But it, it's time, and it's honestly where you want to go. Some people are. Some people just want some residential, um, some rental properties, and, and that's it. But in terms of getting into hard real estate development, which is mm-hmm. 
what we do building up from the ground um, from raw land uh, that that took a little while it took a lot of mistakes that we learned from in the journey yeah so you and you guys have because you have to you have to work with the builders right you have to have them you know you because you could you're, you're building more than one unit more than one home so you got to deal with like oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not in real estate i would just dr horton or some person <laughs> you know some, some, I, yeah. I know people hate that yeah but like 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 that you have to deal with people like that like in order to build you know whole you know what you guys are doing right now is what i'm saying you have to you have two things you're doing you're you're the you're the agent also but you're also yeah. the person in charge of building the structures correct so, so i'm no longer the agent i don't i didn't um i own a part of a real estate firm so okay. i transitioned that way to save myself some time but what i used to do was hire builders to come build for me and okay. when I realized I was paying for other people's mistakes, I decided I'd rather pay for my own. So I went and got my contractor's license. So I'm licensed for industrial, residential, and commercial. So I build a lot of um, a lot of our smaller projects, our bigger projects, like huge, big multifamily projects. We usually partner JV with some bigger contractors. Yeah. So I like how you just. Just slid in the fact that you just, <laughs> you're also a contractor on top of me. So that's what I'm saying. Like you guys, you are you are not the just. I want people to be listening to this interview, y'all. Now, don't y'all be inboxing me later on, y'all. Listen, got her info. She gonna give her info. She wanna talk to y'all. She gonna give y'all the contact information. She wants y'all to have. Don't don't ask me because I have no idea either. The answer of how you just make that leap. You know, and just decide. Oh well, you know, I decided one. I wanted to be pre-made, but now nah, I want to be a real estate agent. Matter of fact, I think <laughs> I want to be a contractor on top of it and just build stuff. You know, <laughs> on top of it all. That's a lot. That's a lot. It really is. And you guys are just doing so much. And I also want to make sure that we. I don't want to jump around too much because I want to make sure that we give you know all the information that you want to get out. And with that being said, I'd like to um, ask you about something that I was I was reading up on. You know, on your page, and I got it in front of me right now. And it looks really cool, uh-huh. really interesting, all right? And it's called Storyville Gardens. And yeah. I think that that looks really cool from what it is, but I would like for you to tell people, because people are looking at me like now, like you're looking at your phone, tell us about it. And I went and I looked at the video. I went to the website. I opened it up. I took the virtual tour. I'm like, okay, we're talking about literacy. Yeah. We're talking about getting people back reading. We're talking about a lot going on there. Can you can you give people a little bit of, a little bit of rundown yeah. about what um, – Storyville is? Storyville Gardens? Yes, yes. So, um, you know, real estate de- development um, is one of the the things that y- you you see a need in a community and you feel the need. And where we are in Nashville, Nashville is, is a exciting place to be. Um, there's a lot of bachelorette parties. There's a lot of things for adults to do, conventions, but there's nothing for kids. And so um, I'm a, a mother of four, and I wanted something to do outside of the movie theater with my children. Mm-hmm. So I set out on this journey to build a small little park. I thought it would be real, really intimate, just, you know, some, something fun and whimsical for children to come to. And what I found is that the market need here was huge. We had a successful theme park that closed making money back in the 90s. And so, uh, you know, at the same time, I've always been an avid reader and writer, and there's a study that shows that if we can just get children to read for fun, anything, that it will significantly increase their test scores. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, in Tennessee, four out of five children are not up to grade level reading. I know we're not the only ones here, uh, but um, to me it was a direct parallel with what better way to create a foundation where children will come and be inspired um, to read. So Mm -hmm. we have designed a theme park based off of books and stories from all over the world. And, yes, it is called Storyville Garden, uh, and it's designed with the intent to promote literacy. Wow, that's that's really dope. Uh, <laughs> radio, all right. You are tuned to the K100 Radio, right. hip-hop and R&B. All right, and we are, listen, our guest is, is, is really dope. And, <laughs> Delisa, listen. I, I'm just listening to everything you're saying, and I'm trying to wrap my brain around your life. And it's it's, it's it gets increasingly difficult because then you throw then you throw the fact that you're a contract at me, but then you just really just you really just really slick slid in the fact that you got four kids. <laughs> you know, you with the, you got four kids, okay? All right. Yeah. And and you're also I mean, do you sleep? I just got I don't I, do you, how? how? I, I, I know right. I question that too. Honestly, um, this this is a season in my life where I know that everything that is in front of me is in front of me because God has given me the grace to handle it. And um, and you know, and I have an amazing partner. My husband, he has a drive like you've never seen before. Uh, and mm-hmm. so us together, we we push. You know, our construction company we is able to allow us to employ a bunch of people, you know. Um, That is a fulfilling thing. We're able to build homes and create a place for memories for families, uh, all while we are pushing forward to bring something that we believe will significantly change Middle Tennessee and the Southeast. So, um, yeah, it's it's that sacrifice that I talked about earlier, that's part of it. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And, um, I mean, I'm just listening to, you know, all the accomplishments and everything. I'm just like, wow, just kind of sort of taken aback by it. Let me ask you something about <clears throat> the real estate market. I know people are listening to this and they're like, okay, give us some, give us some gems, you know, that, you know, Blizzum, tell me, tell me, tell me something that, you know, that can help my journey. Um, yeah. Right now, and this, this, just for clarity, I'm a homeowner, right? Myself, right? I'm a homeowner. Yeah. I, I yeah. only, I'm not in real estate, so I just only have my one home that I own that I live in, yeah. right? So, yes. Yeah. And, and for me, um, the home buying process um, wasn't difficult because I had friends and family who had bought homes before me. All right. Um, when I did decide to buy it, I had to, the good sense to make sure my credit was good. And I'm also uh, a veteran. So I had a VA loan, which made it even more easier. Right. So, all right. Yeah, so it was yeah. the process for That's me wasn't hard. Yeah. The, the process for me wasn't hard. It was really, I got the home I wanted at a good price. I live in Atlanta. That's where I'm based out of. That's where we're broadcasting from. But I see yeah. Yeah. right now the, the the what has happened since COVID with rent being sky high and then houses being the availability of houses. I sat and watched friend after friend who tried to buy homes during and after mm-hmm. COVID and even recently get outbidded by who knows, I don't know if it's China, Russia or another person, you know what I'm saying, that's buying mm-hmm. up all these properties. The the, yeah. the, the, the housing market is kind of crazy right now. In your expert opinion, mm-hmm. is now a good time to try and buy a home if you don't have to, or should you just rent? So I'm a huge advocate of buy now, 
And and the reason why is because it all boils down to the numbers. Um, you know, even if you if you calculate how much you pay in rent, you know, that goes into somebody else's pocket. Even if you're paying more on interest right now and you refinance later, you will be paying less than what you're paying in rent, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it, to me, you know, it, it's hard to do the, do the give you some examples right here without um, having a calculator in front of me. But, uh, you know, look at the math. Do the math. And um, I look at having a mortgage as having a bank account, you know, because yeah. – Yes, you're paying interest. You're paying for somebody else to make money on 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 in terms of a bank or a lender, which that's the name of the game. Um, unless you're paying cash, uh, but to take your entire uh, monthly payment and give it to someone else, that is doing. It's making someone else, you know, more wealthy when you could be investing in yourself. So, yeah, it, it, I'm a buy now type of person. Right. And I, I just see so many people, you know, you have a diff- different kind of podcast and different kind of platforms and they have these people on and they're like, you see, I, and I know you've, I know you've seen them and I know you'd be like shaking your head and it, and it got this whole thing, this whole skill where they're like, I'm rich and I don't, I don't own, I don't buy a home because it doesn't make sense. And I can just have this freedom and I don't have to have a mortgage and I don't, you know, and, and they try to sell people on why it makes sense that even if you can afford to buy, to not buy. And I've seen all these advertisements. Like I literally saw one on, come down my newsfeed as I was posting the fact that I was interviewing today, and I was like, "I'm gonna ask her about that." You know, I see so many of these yeah. advertisements. Is it does it make sense in some cases? But for you, it, it, it never makes sense. Buy, just buy. You, you know, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't to me. And that's this is me and my journey that I'm speaking about. But what I also have realized is that on the journey to build businesses, when a bank looks at you as a person. They want to know that you have assets, you know, and, and, and that's, I mean, not just a bank, but any, when you're going for anything that requires you to bring in partners, to bring in additional funding in order to grow, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you have to have assets. And a right. house, you know, some people think that's a debt. No, it's an asset. Um, so yeah. that's how we look at it. Mm-hmm. And do you, you know, because you I, you said like you, you, the assets and, and and bringing other people in and investors. Like, how how when you guys decided to get into where you're at right now, how did you get funding from other people? Like, did you go out and get like investment groups? I saw that um on the um on the Storyville Gardens page. There's a there's a area that you can invest. It said you know for, open for investors. I clicked on it. I ain't got that money right now. <laughs> right now, I don't have it. I have a hundred. I thought the minimum was a hundred grand. I was like, okay, I don't have a hundred grand laying around right now. But I would like you to, know. you know, maybe think about it. But you know, I'm just saying, like all these ways, all these different ways, because it had to take an enormous amount of capital and cash to like build that first community. We're not talking about one home. We're talking yeah. about several. Like, did y'all hold the yeah. investors like that? Is that what happened? No, actually, when we first got started, we started with our own capital. Mm. Um, we fundraise by our, you know, our own investments. Like I said, buying our our personal house, taking that those those um, that money and turning it into more. You know, it, that's what we that's what we did to get started. And we had to realize that um, in order for us to go and ask an investor to invest in something, we need to show that we know what we're doing. We need to go and pay yeah. for our own mistakes. You know, and get it right. 
and then open up the door to be able to make other people some money. And so, so no, we did not um, get started, but that's where that, that sacrifice, create a plan, go after it and get it done. Um, With Storyville, that's different because that's a big, huge community uh, benefit. And what we found is that Nashville has had a a heart for a park that was lost back in the 90s. And so we opened up a small community raise to get people who wanted to be a part of it um, involved in a small way. So, so that's what we did there, but um, okay, yeah, all right. Well, and I want to ask you another another question. One more question. We almost run out of time. Thirty minutes goes by super quick when we have an interesting conversation. But we have a. <laughs> um, we, I live in Atlanta, right? And so I'm pretty yeah. sure you're familiar with this market. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with most markets in the nation. Um, I don't know how it compares to portray Nashville. Even though I visited Nashville, I don't know anything about the real estate market there. I really don't. I just only went into business and I was in and out, right? Nashville and Memphis, music stuff. Music stuff and I'm out, right? So I don't know anything <laughs> about how the, the, the how, how everything's going there. But here in Atlanta, there's been a over the past couple of years, just almost now for maybe a solid 20 years, but really I, I would count 30 because I think it all started in the 90s around Olympic time, gentrification. Um, of neighborhoods uh-huh. um, of, of people of color where people basically used to eat, where areas used to be the projects. It really used to be the trap used to be the hood. And now you've got, you know, million dollar lofts and, you know, um, and, and, and homes there that people who used to live there can't afford to, and they've all been pushed out to the burbs and everything. I'm, I'm pretty sure you've heard about it and know about it. Um, oh, as, yeah. as, as, as how do you, I want to know what's your take on gentrification? Cause some people here in Atlanta and black people, by the way, um, feel like, uh-huh. yeah, they need to tear it down and they need to rebuild it and they need to do all that. Because, so, you know, because you they want their communities to be a certain kind of way. And, and But at the end of the day, of course, the people that were there before get, you know, pushed aside. But they're like, that's business. Uh-huh. How do you feel about that as someone that's actually on the uh, the real estate side? You know, I know people, you, I know I you know. want a better community. You want a better communities. You want them to be, you want, you're into building and building up. But at the same time, it can sometimes adversely affect people who, may not have nowhere else to go. What do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, it, that that is a hard one, and I have dealt with that here in Nashville. And I think for me, where I start first is I listen to the community. So I'll buy land in an area that I have um, several properties now that are in an area that is historically black. It's where all the black people in Nashville moved who were doctors and lawyers back in the day, you know. And so what's incredible is, is that you know they all they know they know what they want they know what it has been and they feel like they know what it has the potential to be the challenge is is that sometimes their desires and what they want to happen in that neighborhood and I I do a lot of community meetings and listening and planning what they want to happen doesn't align with where it is you know it's right. hard to get a grocery store in this neighborhood without having more rooftops so how do you do that you know, and would you be okay with having more rooftops? It doesn't mean that you're pushed out. But another challenge that I see is that in those areas where, um, you know, there aren't many young people, so the schools are being depleted, they're under budget. I mean, and it's like this cyclical thing that if if we don't invest in those areas, they are con- going to continue to decline. And so how do you do that without people being pushed out? And so – we have found um, a way in one of our developments where a church came to us to partner on 17 acres. They have all this land, and they had this um, this older church that wasn't very visible to the street. So they wanted to rebuild the church but also create a huge 
development that would they said in their words we don't we don't we do not want to encourage gentrification with this development so mm-hmm. i really scratched my head and wondered how are we going to do this so what we ended up doing we 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 got all the entitlements done we've planned a 378 um unit apartment there but we partnered with a um uh, affordable housing uh development company that will partner, they're partnering with us, and we're building only three and four bedrooms, and they're all affordable. And what's exciting, and you know, affordable or mixed income, or um, people use different words, but uh, what's exciting is it lends itself to the workforce. It lends itself to the people who live there to have housing options that they can afford, you know, and it also allows the church to accomplish all of the things that it wanted to accomplish. And so... We, um, it's projects like that, thinking outside of the box and creating partnerships that aren't necessarily traditional in order to benefit the community. Mm, okay. All right. So, I, I mean, I, I guess it's always tough trying to make that kind of a decision. I, you know, I mean, when you're, when you're yeah. trying to not destroy a community and not somewhat be a villain, because there are, there are, there are black developers here that who are who are painted as villains for doing just what you guys do here because of where they did it at yeah. and i'm just yeah. i was wondering you know have you ran into that and you kind of said yeah you know so that's a very interesting answer and a very interesting i was that's i'm glad i asked that because i was wondering have you ever dealt with that because i see how it goes down here sometimes and i live in the suburbs so by by choice you know what i'm saying but just because yeah. i don't want to deal with the hustle and bustle of that of being that close and plus i get of course you know you get more more house for your buck when you move out a little bit you know in the suburbs um, and I'm a country boy. I, I need my I need my yard. I need my space. So I don't want people up on me like that. So, <laughs> come on here. All right. But, um, yeah. So I'm getting ready to wrap it up. But I got one quick, one more quick question. Really, really quick. This is for my okay. younger audience. This is for my young audience. This is for this is for my kids. All right. I got I got I got kids that are like in their twenties. All right. I got one of my one yeah. of my one of my one, you know I got a, a, a son in the Air Force, a, a daughter that's graduated from Georgia Southern, one graduated from Georgia State, my other son, my last son, he's at Georgia State now. Okay, these these kids oh, they don't want to buy new houses. They don't want no parts of a mortgage. They do not. I repeat, do not want to smoke with anything anything they see me dealing with when it comes to a house. They're like, uh, no. What do you think about the generation right now, Generation Gen Z? And a lot of the studies and stuff show that not only do they not make enough money to afford a lot of to afford the homes for their generation that their prices are, they don't even want to even if they did. <laughs> what what do you, what what's your take on the, on 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 Gen on Gen on um, Gen Z and home buying and the future of it? You know, for that for that generation. You know that one that one has me stunned as well, and I don't know what it's going to take. You know, in order for a lot of that next generation to really. Um, kind of just wake up, you know, wake up and, and see that, um, and maybe it's just time, you know, maybe we all have had phases and maybe those phases are generationally aligned. Um, and so I don't, I don't really have an answer as to what's going to happen, but I think time will tell. And, um, you know, at some point they're, they're going to have to have a place to live, you know, so. Right. Yeah, and I, I tell my kids, you know, they, oh, they'll have no problem coming over here to our house and eating up our food, like, chilling, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they, they yeah, they, 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 my kids literally tell me, you got a house, I don't need to buy one. We want, we want, we want to get together. We're gonna go to y'all house, as if I'm gonna live forever, you know. 
When we, I'm like, yeah, but what, what happens when we go? What happens when we leave? What happens when we're too old? The TV right. here, the house ourselves. Like, where are we going to go? We plan on moving in with y'all. Obviously, that's not going to work. Obviously, I'm going to have to prepare myself for a nursing home, which is what you're telling me. So, yeah, anyway. All right. Yeah. <laughs> great conversation. Really great conversation. I enjoyed it. K100 Radio. You are tuned to the K100 Radio, hip-hop and R&B. And before we go, Delisa, I want you to give out all of your information, anything pertinent that I may have left out that you may want people to know about your business or maybe contacting you. I don't know if you want to give out your information because people may be hitting you up, trying to learn some game, and they're going to say, yeah, I saw you on K100. No, I ain't tell you to call that later, though. I ain't tell you to call that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I appreciate that. No, we just um, we just got the social media um, lined up for my company, Garrier Development. So that's the easy one. Garrier is spelled G-E-U-E-R-R-I-E-R, and then development. And um, if you follow us on there, we have um, I have someone that uh, responds and checks the messages, and will get messages to me. So um, that's the best way to to reach out if you have any questions. All right. Well, I really appreciate your time. And, um, you know, you guys keep um, keep going. Uh, salute to you. Salute to your husband. Um, and, you know, for, for, for paving the way and showing, you know, other people that it can be done. Because, you know, I mean, I know I know I ain't gonna lie to you. I know a couple of I know a couple of real estate people down here. I do. But I don't know too many of them that we not got their contractors license and, and they're building, you know, whole communities and whole units and the things that you guys are doing up there in Nashville. So, um, listen, you guys keep going. Um, I, I, I love the story. I love um, how everything is panning out for you guys, and I wish you guys even more success. Maybe I take my, uh, maybe I come to Storyville. I ain't got no little kids no more. Maybe my grandkids, if my kids give me grandkids, which they also told me they're yes. not, um, they're not doing that either. They don't Bring want to buy houses. They're not having kids. It's a nightmare. <laughs> okay, for me, it's a nightmare. But maybe I took my nieces and nephews to Storyville. I don't know. <laughs> Bring them on. Bring them all. <laughs> All right, it's good talking to you, Delisa. Uh, again, uh, thank you for being a guest on K100 Radio. All right? Thank you. Absolutely. All right, before we go. You are tuned to the, the K100 Radio, hip-hop and R&B. All right, for the rest of you guys, uh, remember uh, the holidays are coming up. You guys be safe. I hope you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I did. Big shout-out to everybody that came over to my house. I met some new family on my wife's side. It was really cool to meet some people that I hadn't met. And um, just kind of kick it and have a good time. Um, I was in the kitchen chefing, you know what I mean? I was frying my turkey and smoking my turkey. It came out perfect. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm like that with the turkeys. I'm like that. Listen, you guys, make sure you uh, enjoy your holidays. I don't know how many more direct line interviews I'm going to be doing this year. I've really been really passive with them, um, doing the interviews and stuff for this past part of the year. Because you guys, as you well know, I went into a more of a creative mode, doing more music. But next year, 2024, Everything's coming back. You know, we're going to be doing reviews. We're definitely going to be doing more um, interviews and stuff like that. But I, I need to give myself a little bit of a break. But, you know, my guy, shout out to my guy, Q, the question hit me up. He's like, yeah, I, want some, I got somebody we really need to talk to. We want to, you know, put them on the platform and, and highlight them. And I read about, um, you know, I read about them. And I was like, yeah, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to speak with her. And um, very, very inspirational story right there. So it can be done. All right. And you can pivot. That's one thing I learned about. I took from that. Because I pivoted. You guys well know. So, you know, don't be scared to pivot. Look what she did. She was pre-med. Pre-med. You know how much work it took to be pre-med? And she also listened to her husband. But that's another story for another day. I don't want to start y'all. I don't want to trigger y'all at the end like that. I'm going to leave y'all hanging, though. K100 Radio. 
You are tuned to K100 Radio, Hip Hop and R&B. The living Coca Cola's the sponsor. I run up with your boots. Ho is a monster. Yeah, they like me like that. Every girl I see wanna be white, be like that. I'm the king of some under, uh, king of the summer. Come be my Kardashian, queen of the come up. Uh, to be loved, Shakespearean, experience. To be us, jumping off boats, hopping off another cliff. 